You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Abukta. This is Murps. Hello. We're 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 doing this. Uh, we didn't do this like last week because there was there's nothing to do. I'm not saying there's anything to do this week, but there's we are still here to do. I really thought yeah. by this week we would have either the announcement of it, not just the mini setting, and there isn't. And in fact, I've got people telling me they're like, "Hey, if you look at when the last mini set happened, I said on a Thursday and I launched Tuesday, which means it's not even going to be next week. It's going to be the week after that, if anything." And that would make it like the 14th of February, which I think is the latest we've ever gotten this mini set, if that's what's happening. Yeah, I, it seems like a long time. I mean, look, we had the longest time in which we didn't have any changes. Um, and then we had the change, you know, Malignant Horror was banned and classes were adjusted. And now we're just in a meta in which uh, DKs are still predominant right now they are 56.4 percent on hs replay um and then you but paladins just got absolutely obliterated uh banished to the shadow realm they are last with a 42.7 percent win rate um and then everything else kind of just falls in line um well by falls in line i mean there's still a huge gap between dk and the number two class which is druid at 52 percent but everything else just kind of like curves down. Yeah. Um, so my sample size of one with Warrior, the lowest class, also I got an 03. So don't trap Warrior, guys. Um, but like what this meta what this meta is going for, I, I, I'll get back to this meta. Um, I just I don't know. There's, there's not, you can't speculate about the mini set, mostly because you don't know any information. Tell you, we do know it's a standard meta, so everything's good. everything we say here about this meta is kind of not applicable to the next meta and really to any meta that's going to happen that is not a wild meta. Um, but one of the main problems with uh, how to deal with a wild meta is you know, this is the end game, right? Like you are at the end game of a wild meta, they've adjusted this thing like four times and they've been slow at adjusting it, but we're at a point in which generally things are good right like don't look at class balance look at like actually play the game and then look at what your deck is doing on your game when you're at 10-2 and then look at what your deck is doing when you're at 2-2 you're doing pretty similar stuff and that's a really 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 good sign for the meta in that you are playing a game there is skill involved there is a meta to play with it is not the case where the games you're playing at 10-2 look nothing like the games you're playing at 2-2 that would be bad because then what are you doing like the malignant horror is a classic case of that when you're at 2-2 you see zero malignant horrors when you're at 10-2 you see only malignant horrors more so that was bad everybody knew that now you're kind of just playing the same game they've kind of squished down the variance of uh the vast majority of decks you see and when you get to 10-2 the decks you see are kind of like i've seen plenty of decks at 10-2 these days that are just not good like, from my opponents. You'll get to the end, and people in chat will be like, how did this guy get here? And I'm like, how did we get here? 
We're just we're just two not particularly good decks fighting it out at 10-2. Now there's crazy decks too, but at least half of the decks that you see at 10-2 these days are not great. And that's wonderful. So you take all the decks that you do see that's crazy, and you see them everywhere, right? I've seen them at like 0-2 really sometimes. Um and you just kind of write them off. Like, they're crazy, ridiculous decks that's going to happen, right? People are going to get lucky, especially if they pick Death Knight. Like, the Death Knight win rate isn't that Death Knight is super good at versus everything. It's just that you have a much more consistent chance of getting a functional deck and a very high chance of getting a good deck. It's not that you'll get a crazy deck, right? This is not the... You know, like some previous metas, you'll have these, like, mages especially get this treatment a lot, um, where... The decks are like one out of four decks is absolutely absurd and you're going to get 10 or 12 wins. And then the other three decks, you're going to get like five wins if you average seven. And that's not great because when you when anybody gets the 10-12 win decks, they're going to go 10-12 almost regardless of skill. But overall, mages still kind of suck. Um, that's not the case with Death Knight. Death Knights are the opposite. Like, it's actually pretty rare to get an insanely good Death Knight deck. Uh, definitely not one in four. Maybe like one in eight if not one in like 12 but your chances of getting a bad death knight deck is very very low your chances of getting a even like below average death knight deck is is really low you're mostly going to get average death knight decks and above average death that's how they get the win rate up there so you have this i call it if you're watching this on youtube instead of listening in or you're watching this on twitch you see that we're calling this a nice uneventful meta because you have the crazy things. They didn't really go away. But your dominant things that are happening in this meta are not the crazy stuff. The dominant things that are happening in this meta is like Vizier. Vizier is the most dominant thing that happens in this meta. And decks don't have too many of Vizier. They have like one or two or zero. Same with a panda, right? Like together, a deck has like one or two or zero Pandas and Viziers, even good decks. And they're the cards that dominate and do like some of the crazy stuff. Like actually hard drafting a Ysera or an Astralore, which got nerfed, but it's still uh, or like a Goliath, you'll still see like less than once per run, probably. Maybe once per run. And what that means is you could take these like pretty normal decks that you draft and go pretty damn far. Um, like I've most of the decks that we played since the patch have gone at least a lot like you see our youtube like it's just coming out with I, I only play one night a week now and i play one to two runs and we're putting up a new run on youtube every week um like and, and they're not good decks or at least they're not yeah they're like maybe above average decks probably just average decks. what classes are they um let's see the first one was hunter then was death knight uh this next one coming up is going to be mage so they're not like, I mean, we're not playing Paladins, and my Warrior went 3 but it's not like I'm picking, like, Druid and Death Knight. And the Death Knight was not, like, you can look at the Death Knight uh, deck, you're like, okay, this deck. Um, we, we, had, we did not have high hopes for any of these decks, and they all perform pretty damn well, um, because we're just not facing the amount. And, and we've said this before, if you're listening to this and you're like, I feel like I've heard you say this kind of recently, it's because we did say this really recently. Like, we said this right before Death Knights came into the meta, describing the prior meta with the dual class arenas, and even before that, where they did this wild rotation that were like, this will never work, and it didn't really work, and then they nerfed everything to hell. 
And then it kind of worked. But you know what? It was pretty damn boring. Like, that meta was really boring because nothing was happening. You're like, we described it as you're basically bumping Yetis, like in a slightly more fancy way. This meta is like an improvement on that meta. A lot of the little synergies that, like, we talked about this in the last Life Forge, a lot of the little synergies that you see them bring in with Wild to support your undead synergies. Um, to support your whatever synergies that these uh, that these sets are are trying to make, they work, and you draft them, and you'll have these like two, three, four card in your deck like network synergies, and you'll have like three or four of them, and you'll have the ability to like uh, you know potentially go face or do card advantage. You have a lot of flexibility built into the deck, so it, this is definitely significantly more fancy than um, the the bumping Yetis meta that we ended up getting uh, to close out the pre Death Knight era. But it's also kind of the same thing when you're looking at why this meta functions when it comes to skill. And it's just that there's not enough crazy things going on. There's still crazy things going on. But the crazy things going on is crazy in scope, not in frequency. And if you're looking at the actual scope of craziness, way back when, when everyone, like when Yeti was one of like the top cards in your entire deck, stuff like Deathwing and Old Ysera and whatever, like, and relative to the power level of the average card in your deck, that was not that much less powerful than, let's say, a Yasera or an Astral is, um, or, or a Goliath is, to the average card in, in this kind of meta. So that's not to say the classic meta was great. The classic meta wasn't great. And we're kind of going back to the classic meta. It's better than the classic meta um, in that you have... You, you have, a, I think, you have more flexibility in how you approach the game, and it's definitely better uh, on, the, uh, on the drafting side. Because in the classic meta, there are way more cards that are just, um, than, than there are now. But you're in that same zone where sometimes the games don't exist, and you just lose. Um, very rarely, you get a deck where you just win. Like, very rarely. Not something that happens frequently. Um, and otherwise, you're playing this normal-ish game where a lot of the, like, little things matter. A lot of the on-the-ground little things matter. It's pretty good for skill, honestly. Uh, and it's also pretty good for, like, in-game luck. Like, you have a Vizier, your opponent has a Vizier. Uh, someone's going to get lucky, no one's going to get lucky. That makes a pretty damn big difference in the game. Um, but... At the end of the day, compared to the metas that we're used to outside of this meta and the meta right before Death Knight, this is uneventful. This is not the high-flying action that we're, we're really used to. Um, the combos are kind of working, which is nice, but it all feels a little... It all feels a little hollow. Um, so... Like, like, it's not a bad meta. It's, uh, and if you like the classic meta, I think this is just kind of a straight-up improvement on the classic meta. A lot of people have this, like, nostalgia for the classic meta, but if you, like, go and play a classic meta right now versus you playing this meta, you will easily see this is just kind of a flat-out superior meta. Um, and, and the classic meta, by the way, had, had class disparity, too. I don't think Mage or Rogue were any less dominating uh, in, in those metas than Death Knight is right now by percentage. Um, so, so you're like it's not it, it's definitely more than playable, but by the excitement standards that we've kind of gotten used to in the last two years, this is this is another like low excitement, and uh, 
they, they've kind of had to do this, right? Like, otherwise things went crazy. So, it all hinges on the mini set. It does. It, well, it, okay, it doesn't all hinge on the mini set. Uh, the, the one, I don't know why the mini set is so late. Like, this is a meta that can, I mean, Construct it too, right? Construct is not doing great either. Um, this is kind of like begging for the mini set to come on the earlier side, and it's instead coming on the later side. But they've already told us that it's going to be a standard meta. And if it's going to be a standard meta, you're immediately in an exciting meta. Because standard cards swing hard. So you're going to have a lot more. Like right now, the swings are generally controllable. Like what we were afraid of is that they were going to nerf everything so hard and uh, stuff like Silver Moon Armor was going to be one of those like cards that super swings the game and it'll be really hard to come back from. But that's not the case. The swings right now are kind of defined by cards like Silver Moon Armor, like Bloody Knight, Bone Mare, Silver Moon Sentinel, and Corporal Corporal, where you're just like looking at it and you're like, ah, oh, crap. I just lost two mana on the board that I should have had. Maybe three mana's worth. And in even today's meta, that's something that most decks can come back from multiple times. And those kind of advantages are, time, are, are things that you can push, like, even without necessarily too much planning or combos or whatever, but you can just get to push that kind of advantage a few times each game. So that's all going to go out the window. Like... You're going to look at Silver Moon Armor and be like, this barely did anything when, when the standard meta comes out. Um, when the standard meta comes out, you're going to be swinging things by five mana worth, not like two and a half mana. And those five mana worth swings, it's, it's going to make for a lot more of a you know, who has the combos, who has a better number of better cards. Everybody's going to have like eight super good cards, like raw cards in their deck. So who's going to draw them? When are they going to draw them? Are they going to top deck them? How much do you commit to the board knowing that they can flip at any time, right? Versus how much you save. It's going to be a lot more of those back and forth reaction versus pushing things. Because if you don't commit anything on the board, you're not pushing face. You give them more chances to draw their stuff. Like it's going to be a different kind of calculus than what we're doing. What we're doing now is a little bit of that, but very little of that. It's a lot more um, just kind of on the board decisions. Like, remove or do you go face? Do you play this card or do you hold this card? Because there's a lot of this mana thirst. Um, even with uh, something that's just on the board, like in Corporal Corporal, do I use it to kill their 2 3? Do I wait and try to kill their Yeti? That they're probably going to play something better than a 2 3 the next turn. But now I'm leaving their 2 3 on the board and this Corporal Corporal doesn't do anything. A lot of those kinds of decision making. Like, sometimes you're like, maybe I just want five to the face. You know? Of the game it's these kinds of decision making that's like pretty subtle but they really affect the game right now and i think they'll affect the game a lot less when standard comes in. but it'll be more exciting when when the standard um when the standard meta comes in so we're, we're about to have this big meta shift no matter what the mini set is because of standard yep we'll see look i you're you're talking to somebody who still hasn't done the the DK prologue. Um, I just I'm waiting for an actual reason uh, in order to do it. So Blizzard, come out with a mini set. Give me a reason for me to actually do it to to play this freaking game. Because right now I still don't really see a reason. 
I mean, um, you're right. There is no reason because Death Knights no used to be like way too overpowered, and now ignoring the like one percent of how much they're overpowered, when you play as Death Knight, you don't feel that powerful because again, it's just eliminating the low side. Of the top side is also more or less eliminated. Uh, so, and Death Knights are super, super, super normal. So when you're playing against Death Knights, it feels super, super, super normal. When you're playing with it as a Death Knight, it feels almost the same as everything else. You got to worry about your like uh, your your uh, corpses, which is kind of resource management, but a lot of times it's just how much do you wait uh, so that you have more corpses. It's another way of doing this mana thirst, um, this like little waiting game that you play. So it's like more meta immersive, but not significantly different than what you're doing in this every other class anyway. So this is why it's uneventful. Like even Death Knight, the like super fancy new class, has been neutered to the point where it's like, eh, okay, it's Death. Like we know why the win rate is. It's not better than other classes. It just doesn't have the downside. Uh, Death. Um. So the next meta, there'll definitely be reasons to play Death Knight. Um. And and even if they do nerf, they, even if they have to nerf Death Knight because the the drafting synergies with the runes get out of hand, they'll still be able to nerf it significantly less than what they needed. Like, at this point, they've nerfed Death Knight to death. Like, there is very little more that they can do to nerf Death Knight. Because you have to give them some kind of class cards. Like, without making Death Knight just neutral stuff, you have to give them some kind of class cards. And they are already giving Death Knights pretty much only the really bad class cards. Which are still better than average <laughs> by, by this meta standards. Uh, so... The next meta, they're gonna they're gonna definitely not go as far because it's a standard meta. They won't have to. Well, look, I'm gonna see what happens. If nothing else, there will always be a, some sort of a shakeup because yeah. um, if you look at it right now, Druid is the the top non DK class, and we we know how Druids play out by now. We, we've seen the same exact thing. You flood out. Um, and then you try to buff up your board. Um, it's the same way that, that Druids have been winning uh, since many, many years ago. And they just have a chance to do it again. So. And if you're wondering how to beat this meta, you know, Domination, Death Knight, um, I mean, the way to beat it is pretty easy. Uh, and it's really just like, draft a deck that is low. Like, my, my most successful decks are all decks that are mid-range, Slightly faster mid range, um, so you know maybe with one or two one drops and like these five probably six two drops and curve out, uh, and then have some card draw at the end or really big cards or have cards in, in the mid part that I'm playing that's generating. Now those are generally good cards, and how many you get offered is going to you know drive how many you're able to take. That's the kind of deck you should be trying to build. Doesn't matter what class you're playing. That's just the kind of deck that works. Because you need to hold off Death Knight. You need to be able to not let the Druid get out of control in that early. Those are the ways that you lose. Uh, the most frequent ways that you lose. Um, but against every other deck, you are also probably not going to be able to push if you're not as fast as the Death Knight or the Druid. And you won't be unless you're a Death Knight or Hydro Hunter. And if you're not that fast, then you have no chance. So you also have to be able to at least give yourself an out of card advantage. Um, or else you're going to have a lower win rate against the other class. So it's um, 
it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, you just draft in a way that makes you win every match. But if you draft in that little box, this is why it's uneventful. It's kind of an ideal way to draft um, uh, and um, for all classes, pretty much all the same. Um, and if you're drafting in that box of a little fast aggro and then have a lot of cards that are like one stat that draws you a card or discovers a card, or, um, and then maybe have a couple big cards that really get you that card advantage. Uh, discovers are always the best. We'll talk about discover after. Uh, so you you build a deck like that. It may not look particularly impressive, but it'll do a decent job of holding off enough Death Knight, enough Druid decks to uh, to give you a good shot at that high win. And it'll still be able to compete with all the other decks that are in the. Um, so like that's the ideal way to draft right now, um, and it's not particularly hard weighted it's uh gotta know to do it and then after you do it a lot of what you do in game is what matters because in this meta having one extra card than your opponent it matters it hasn't mattered for a while like but having one extra card than your opponent which you can easily get by uh playing better um like that wins you a decent percentage of games. Like I would say, like that wins you, I don't know, 10, 15% of games. That's huge. I can't imagine, I can't remember the last time one card card advantage will have a 10, 15% win rate difference. Um, so, you know, if you can draft the cards, draft the cards so that you can go down a little bit in tempo while still having the card advantage. If you don't get offered those cards, use the fact that you have the tempo to like eke out a card or two extra otherwise. That's kind of how this uh, works. Cool. Mm. Okay. Anything right. else? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the big problem. So we kind of talked about what the meta is. We talked about what the future meta is going to be. But there is a big problem. And it's not a problem that we know how they're going to fix yet. They've talked about it a couple times. But it is what is the biggest problem of this meta. And it will still be the biggest meta uh, problem of the next meta. And in fact, you can argue that it is the biggest problem of all arena metas in the last six years. And you'll have very good arguments for it. And that is Discover, right? Uh, it's especially bad right now because they brought Pandaren and Porter in, which outside of Scorpid was probably the worst offender of this Discover thing in general. And the new set has Nerubian Vizier. Uh, Nerubian Vizier is still going to be in the meta because it is in the latest set. It'll have an offering bonus. It is going to be everywhere. That's not going away. And Darren and Porter is going away. But we'll at least not have that problem. If you look at uh, win rates of, of all these cards right now, uh, Pandaren and Porter comes in not super high uh, when you look at all classes. It is super high when you look at Death. But if you look at all classes, it's diluted enough that it's around like Stubborn Suspect, Content. Um, Emerald Sky Talon, Stormwind Champion. Like, it's not doing a huge, ridiculous work on average. Um, and that's because other classes have a lot of crap spells in a wild meta. Uh, once you turn that, it, it won't happen, right? Because Pandaren and Porter is leaving. But if you put that in a standard meta, it's going to all look like Death Knight right And if you look at Death Knight, Pandaren and Porter is the second best non-legendary card. And it beats out the vast majority of legendary It is... You know, it's Nerubian Vizier number one, Pandaren and Porter number two. Um, 
everything else is legend. And that's what a standard meta looks like. So once we go to a standard meta, and you're just discovering from a pool of standard cards, even if the rest of the cards are standard, the standard super spells are even more ridiculous than the standard median card that you can you know, put in your deck. So the problem that's going to come in the next meta and the problem that's currently dominating this meta is still these neutral discover cards and the class discover cards too, but not all classes have them. Um, but if you look at the if you want to look at the class discover cards, like what's uh, what's the worst, uh, what's the best performing class card in uh, in, in Death Knight? It's Necrotic Mortician, which is a discover card, two mana, two three, battle cry. If a friendly undead died after your last turn, discover unholy rune card. Um, uh, if you look at, well, I just did mage, and my mage deck had uh, had three uh, um, conjurers and i had the option to draft a fourth conjurer conjurer is not a really amazing card these days uh it's been power crept a lot but use it to great effect still because it is still a discover card um like as long as you have discover you don't really need other bombs to, to put together a good run and there's some benefit to that but I think it has a lot more downside because it just kind of dominates. And there's no fix to it, right? There's no fix to it in the way of offering rate unless you just kill all discovery. No one wants to. No, at least the game developers don't want to do it. Um, and there's no fix because this game is designed for constructed. So the good discover cards are in line with other good constructed cards. Except when you discover a random spell in constructed, your pool changes from cards that are really good that you put in your deck that synergizes with your deck to random spells, right? That's a big drop-off in quality. On the other hand, in Arena, if you change cards I picked randomly to put into my deck versus discovering a random spell, you actually get a boost card quality rather than a downgrade. That's huge. That's an unbelievably huge difference. And there's no way you can ever balance the two at the same time. So... Outside of just eliminating discover cards, there has to be this more mechanical solution that comes in, right? Whether they change the way discover pools work in Arena, the easiest way I think is just to do it by difficulty, like everything else uh, in Arena, and then that'll solve a lot of the problems. Or some people, you know, want you to handpick stuff. Some people say there should be bans that go into this discover pool. Um, I think that's fair. Like if you're banning a card normally, you should probably ban it in the discover pool too. Although it's not always the case, like. Ramming Mount, for example, I've picked away from a number of times in my Hunter run. Um, I think twice I had the option to discover it because it would not have won me the game, whereas something else could have, potentially, and then it worked out. Um, so it's not, it's not the same as, uh, as a, a not-discovered card, and you can't play it on current coverage. Uh, but that's another solution. There's all sorts of solutions. You hear like at least like 10 different pitches over how to fix discover but something has to be done because this problem is dominating this meta in a bad way and it's going to dominate the next meta in an even worse way i guarantee it yep uh i'm not sure what the solution is the worst part of it is if you ask some people um it's not really an issue because it's by far the most fun part of arena people love discovering um you will find people who don't see it as a problem at all. You'll see it uh, as 
or some people will see it as maybe potentially problematic, but not um, not so problematic because uh, they enjoy it such that they want it changed. Um, and then you have competitive people who like really don't like it because any sort of discover that has been made in recent years, so not you know those those crappy discovers that they initially made, right? So like um, um, the scarab, like a two two mana one one that discovers a, a three cost card. Um, all the discovers now are pretty much well statted. Uh, you and, and you get something extra on top, like you might discover, and there's like a mana reduction, right? right? So these are all things that, um, like you said, are tuned towards constructed. They kind of struck gold with Discover once it was released because people really like doing it and it's a lot of fun. But the people at the very, very top of uh, the the competitive scene, <laughs> rip competitive scene, um, have always complained about it. It's It's always been an issue. But you also have to look out for those players who are not super try-hard competitive. And I'm pretty sure by far they love Discover. Yeah, but you don't need the arena for that. Like, I don't know. Unless they're totally rebuilding and revamping the arena, I don't think arena is capturing and holding a lot of casual players in the in the sense of, like, people who don't care that much but really want Discover. There's probably a lot of casual players in Arena, just people who don't play a lot because it's a 10 year old game at this point. Um, but uh, I think you, you kind of get to the point where you're like, okay, this is what the Arena is. Um, the people who care are the people who care. The people who don't care probably just really don't care anyway and they'll play whatever and be okay with it. There's already so much randomness that happens in the Arena. Moving some of the Discover stuff will not seriously hurt the fun. Like, yes. Like, people, people really hate, well, creators really hate when you take a good, fun idea and you scrap it for, unless it's, like, the best reason. Even if scrapping it would just push the players to play other fun, creative ideas that they or someone else have, has thought of and put into the like, there's this attachment to things that are, like, fun and things that are, like, good without looking at the, the net, right? Without looking at the, what is this piece of fun really adding to the overall fun? What if we removed it? How much fun would actually be lost? Um, there's, a, there's a bias there because your game developers generally care about people fun and creating cool um, I think at this point, though, Discover's been around for, like, really long already. It's not like it's, like, a fresh new idea. I'm not sure that any of the people that came up with Discover is on the arena, uh, the, the, the modes balance team, or the modes creation team. And the fact that it's a, it's a whole modes team, so, like, they could put their creativity up in the sense of, like, fun stuff. So much brawl to do. Um, anyway, hopefully something happens with this. Um, it's kind of under control right now because uh, Discover is always under control better in a wild meta. Get to the standard meta. You need to pair that with some kind of some kind of anti-discover mechanism. 
or like discover nerf. I don't know what it is. And whatever it is, it's pro it would be the biggest thing to happen to her specifically besides the death night drop. Um, but I'm hoping it's coming. They've had, they've had a long time now, right? This team's been around now over for about a year, actually. Uh, touching the earth. And this is something, or something else is something that they would have thought of in the very beginning and started their long-term um, let's do something with the arena. It's about time that we start seeing some stuff. Like, I think we've been, we've been pretty patient in that we didn't really expect to see any big changes early going, or even the mid-going. Six months into this group touching the arena, we didn't expect to see any major changes. But a year into it, there's plenty of time now to get the major changes into the changes approved, to get it done. There's a new uh, cycle uh, kind of coming through, a new uh, or whole entire game for Constructed 2, where they're rotating out the standard set here. And that's coming up in like well, it's less than two months. Uh, big changes are happening. And uh, hopefully one of them is something maybe even a bigger change to Arena, right? But at the very least, dealing with this Discover problem. And we're not just here randomly speculating either. They have repeatedly said that they know and they think that Discover is one of the biggest problems in Arena. They've said that since the very beginning. Like, I could probably quote them from, like, April of last year or May or March even. I don't know, but they've been saying it. And they've said it again every, like, two months or something. So hopefully, if they think that, then they know that that's such a big problem, and they haven't actually nerfed the offering rate of these cards to hell yet, they're going to find a nerf that preserves Discover in Arena while making it functional. I'm hoping. I got my fingers crossed for it, mostly because they keep hinting at it, right? And they keep recognizing the problem. Um, and they don't, like, they usually recognize a problem and then fix it, right? Or they just don't recognize a problem. Um, that we think is a problem, but like they just don't say that, oh yeah, this is a problem. Discover is one of the only problems that they repeatedly recognize and then always say like, we're trying something or, you know, maybe we're working on something or in the future, this is something we like to do. They've said it so many times. Like, I want to see some results now. It's been a long time. All right, goal for 2023. Yeah, nerf Discover in Arena, at least. If we're not getting Arena 2.0, at least nerf Discover. All right. Okay. That's enough uh, Hearthstone Arena. Um, but honestly, if you have not checked out this meta since they took away Malignant Horror, it's a totally different meta, feel-wise. It's a totally different meta than the meta before it, and it's worth playing. Um, especially because I don't know how long this it's going to take for the mini set to come out. Someone in chat is like, are we even sure there's a mini set? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I imagine there's a mini set. They've been putting one of these out every single expansion, and they haven't said that there's not going to be a mini set. Uh, but it's probably not coming out next week uh, either. Um, I, I got my fingers crossed they're going to just announce it and launch it on TV. But, uh, but we'll see. Um, okay. Uh, question from the GOAT. Let's just provide an update. What, what, how's your life, Murps? How is your life right now? You uh you yawned no, ten times, twelve care times of the in baby. ten minutes. Yeah, you know, just still, still baby. Baby is still here. Baby is still uh very, very active and and present, and it will continue to uh to be this way. Um, 
Yes. People are saying I look exhausted. This is true. I am quite tired. This is this is very true. Your your reaction speed is also very exhausted. Like I can see the thoughts working through your head at a at a very reduced pace. Yes, I'm very I'm very dead right now. Uh, But for those of you out there, you know I'm ever hopeful that oh puffing a massive amount of copium here but you know colic is supposed to go away by itself you know as you get into three months and four mm-hmm. months soon so in, in theory soon soon so we are we are gonna get there very see, very yeah. soon oh, so because uh, of your experiences now investing like soundproof for the baby's room and when I started Googling that um, and looking for it, it became very obvious that everybody only wants to soundproof a baby room so that outside noise doesn't get in, so that it doesn't wake the baby. Yes. But, like, we want the inside noise to not get out so that the baby doesn't disturb us when we don't want to be to be disturbed, you know? Uh, like, we'll designate a room with a responsible adult where the But, like, other rooms, nice peaceful environment. Like, not dominated by baby. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about soundproofing, but I need to like search it more. But I think it's the same thing. I think if you're keeping sound out, you're also keeping sound in. Um, and if you guys notice, these walls are bare. I don't have secret soundproofing elsewhere. And this room kind of echoes a little bit too. So I'm going to do up my little studio here, which I haven't done in the two whatever years that... Yeah. So w- w- when you say you don't want to hear the baby, like somebody's going to be with the baby. No, so no, no. Like, like there will be one room right. that has access to the baby sound, um, and we will have like a baby monitor. Um, so, but like you, you can like you can decide whether you want to hear the baby, or not, right? Like rather than um, right now, like our walls are super thin. If there is a baby screaming, the entire house will hear the baby. There's just no. Like, doesn't matter where you are in the house, you will hear very clearly the baby scream. Like, we tested it uh, with me being the baby, uh, just screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, and, and the baby room is also on the second floor in the middle, in case you want to, like, kidnap my baby or something. Uh, and so it has the perfect, vantage, it's the perfect location to reach every corner of the house. And we just want to, like, limit its reach. Um... Like, not everybody has to hear the baby cry, right? Just one adult. Godspeed. Good, good luck. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I feel like, you know, that's, that's, that's a true statement. Not everyone needs to hear the baby. Uh, you can't control whether the baby cries or not, of course. Uh, but, um, but you can control whether you hear the baby cry or not. So that's where, that's where we're getting the, the, the loophole. I'm um, glad we inspired you to do this soundproofing. Yeah, if you didn't have this episode, I think we would have been too lazy to do it. We'd be like, ah, that'd be okay. And then, you know, if our baby's palicky too, uh, we would. <sighs> um, but yeah, but all on, as a side benefit, besides the fact that you will not hear a screaming baby, hopefully, uh, whenever I, I stream after the baby is here. Um, I mean, is your house just naturally soundproof? I have never heard uh, Julian scream uh, when we are, like, doing anything. 
Uh, uh, oh no, I, I well, like during this time, um, you know, sometimes he's like a few rooms over, like with my door closed, and then you know, there's like a hallway, and then there's also another right. door. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you typically won't hear. Okay, yeah. okay, so that's not like how if my you house were works. here, you would hear it, but I you see. won't hear it through the mic. I right. see. Okay, that's true. The mic also does uh, does a good job filtering stuff out. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Um, but yeah, you'll also just get better quality sound from my uh, my streams and my videos uh, from now on. Whenever this thing gets <laughs> gets actually soundproofed as well, we're soundproofing two rooms: the baby room and this room. Uh, all right. Um, that's what Marissa's doing. What have I been doing? Uh, I've been okay. So I've been rewatching Everything Everywhere all at once because it's just such a freaking good movie. And the second time I caught so many more things like and appreciated things in so many different ways uh, than the first time. Because the first time, that's a really complicated, not complicated, a really impactful movie. You're just trying to keep up the first time. It's not really that complicated. Uh, but the second time you can like kind of you can let it breathe and really focus on a lot of more things besides, okay, what's going on and what do I think is going to happen afterward? Because you know what's going to happen after. Really take in, like, the performances and the attention to detail and, like, some of the effects and the choices for things. Um, it's just so good. If you guys, I, I feel like at this point everyone has it on their list. And if you don't yet, oh, my God. Definitely put it on your list. This is, like, just a super interesting movie. Super, super interesting. I still don't think it's going to win the Oscars uh, for Best Picture, but uh, I, I, I love the movie, and it's worth everybody's time to see it. I'm getting my mom to see it. I'm like, hey, some of it is in Chinese. Um, and she's like, immediately, she's like, okay, but you know Michelle Yeoh is like only ethnically Chinese, right? And she's like from Malaysia. I'm like, yes, but like speaking Chinese and she's a Chinese person and she's like okay but just so you know I'm not Michelle Yeoh I'm like I don't think you're Michelle Yeoh mom I'm just saying maybe as a fellow Chinese immigrant in America you could relate sort of but whatever like it's just still a good movie regardless of that like she has like a, a weird thing with Michelle Yeoh apparently excellent but other than that, look, I'm just I'm just watching some shows uh, at certain points. Oh, are, are you, you guys watching, having? Are you watching The Last of Us? No, I'm not watching that. Oh, you yet. should watch The Last of Us. Nobody well, spoiled in chat or anything, but the I last mean, episode I just was so fact, good. Well, I, I mean, uh, 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 of course, and because I I I possess Twitter, like I, you know, I I don't know exactly what happens, but mm -hmm. like, you know, everybody's talking about yeah, everything. Yeah. I'm just gonna watch it when. Um, it's done. Yeah. I've been watching a physical 100 on Netflix, like oh, that game show. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's I good. Saw it. Is it actually good? Yeah, it's it's really it's actually good because part of it is because they actually get really, really, really good people to compete. Um, okay. They have like current professionals, ex professionals, and then they have just. Uh, all the contestants are crazy, crazy good. So that that's what like separates it out from the rest. And of course, like they went total Squid Games with it. Mm -hmm. Um, the presentation and you know the the mysterious kind of um like video board uh that like 
nobody greets these contestants, right? They're just like, um, yeah, they see this video board, but yeah, so okay. it, it's very, very so Squid Games, but we might actually check it out, good Like I thought yeah. it looked like it looked like it was gonna be terrible, so we didn't even like check it out. But if it's actually good, like if they actually pull off the concepts. No, they actually pull off the concepts, and it's just because they get really freaking uh, good people there. So it's not just people who are like fit. They didn't just get like a hundred gym rats to compete. They have like professional MMA fighters. They have like professional wrestlers. Um, so, and then uh, there's a extra wrinkle in that a lot of these people know each other because they're like just from the industry, right, but. Right. Uh, they they do a fairly good job of juggling 100 people and having you focus on the correct amount, mm-hmm. which is like at any given moment you like really know about like 20 like 25 of them, and you probably care about like 10 of them, right? Um, so. Th- they do a good job there. Now, the crappy thing is, this is one of those things that is released on a week-to-week basis, which I hate. Like, it's the reason why I haven't watched The Last of Us. But for a, sh- for a reality game show kind of thing, it's much more tolerable. Yeah. Like, I'm much more okay with it rather than uh, The Last of Us. It's also the reason why I haven't watched, like, still house of dragons even though season one is over right i want to i want to wait longer for something like that um so for i mean for the last of us they do a good job of like ending episodes in a way where want to watch more but you don't need to like i feel like it's been the most easy to wait for thing i've watched so far even though it's really good like, what was really hard to wait for was freaking uh, uh, Inferno. That was, that was a nightmare to wait for the next episode. They release two episodes at a time, too, that add up to, like, three hours of content. So it's not like they're just giving you crumbs. They're giving you, like, big, meaty chunks every week. And I'm still like, oh, I can't wait for the next week. But that's because in that show, everything takes place over the course of ten days and ten episodes. So it's all really packed in there. So having to wait a week catch back with people when time has only moved one day for them. Sometimes less than a day, depending on the episode. It feels really painful. Whereas uh, for, uh, for, you know, some, something like Last of Us, um, the, the show kind of jumps around in time a bit and or skips a bunch of time forward. They're not like day one, day two, day three. Anyway... So- that's that's it. Just just watching a, a ton of shows, a lot of shows. All right, um, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be back next weekend, most likely. Maybe if there's absolutely nothing to talk about, we'll skip another weekend. But they they should at least announce the mini set. You know, we'll be here to talk about it as soon as they announce it, even if it's not ready to play yet. That's really the next big piece we're waiting for. Um, um, uh, you know, I'm playing Friday night uh, arena. Uh, whenever uh, the baby, whenever the Murps baby stops crying bloody murder, uh, and and he gets some rest, we'll we'll start up the coop again. Although it might get delayed now to the point where Death Knight is gone, 
Like we're up, we're we're about to do Death Knight next. But whenever they do the thing where it actually resets the arena rather than uh, letting you continue your draft, we would have to roll Death Knight. Oh. So, so we'll see. The next, next one is Death Knight, but it may not be if the next rotation happens. Because they'll definitely do that reset on the rotation because it's a whole different set of cards. All right. Uh, in the meantime, if you want some arena action and you're not catching me live, uh, I have luckily gotten uh, plenty of... Uh, Stuff to put on YouTube. So there's a run going up. There's two runs already um, uh, up on YouTube. Uh, there's another run coming up sometime. This um, you see what I'm talking about with this meta. Not like the most interesting meta in the world, but you can see where decisions actually matter. And both my decisions, which you know I think is good, obviously, and sometimes my decisions that are bad, you just see it bite me in the like immediately, and I'm like, oh crap. Um, but also when your opponents make these bad decisions, it's like you're, you threw the game. You could have won. You didn't. And this would happen quite a few times over the course of a run. You're like, well, you know, that's, that's how it goes, right? That's where the skill mattered. Not just you being good, but a lot of times your opponents being not good or not good in that one play that was really key, right? That's it for us. Until next week, this is Adwukta. This is Murps. See ya. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.